What is going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Boom Boom Performance Podcast. Today is a special day. It's a special episode. It's a special episode for a few reasons. First reason being, I love Q&As. It gives me an hour to literally rant on shit that I love ranting about, or, or more like what other people want me to rant on, but I love it so much. It's really, really good. It's also a good opportunity for me to just spit a lot of content, a lot of knowledge, a lot of nutrition stuff, a lot of training stuff. Talk a lot about everything that I love to talk about, and guess what? Your boy loves to talk, so I love doing Q&A. Super pumped about this, but the other reason it is uh, an important podcast, a very exciting podcast, a special podcast, is because it is the first podcast that is being recorded in my brand new office, which I am super pumped to be in. It's kind of like a whole atmosphere thing, right? Like when you get into a certain atmosphere, everything changes. That's why I think it's so important to work out at a specific gym because if you go to a gym and the atmosphere sucks, you are not going to train as hard. I'm the same way for, with barbers, right? I just got back from a barber shop and I was super nervous to go to a barber around here because I have my guy and Marquise – I am sorry if you're listening to this because I have been going to the same barber for seven years, literally. I met him when he was in school and he actually cut my hair at his school in Federal Way, Washington. Um, and then I followed him to Jay Kinlow, which was in a mall in Federal Way, and then to his own shop in Kent and now all the way up in uh, Tukwila at the South Center Mall. So for any people in the Washington area, go check out my boy Marquise at Emperor's Barbershop. He owns a shop in probably the biggest and most popular mall in the entire state. Super proud of him. Um, but unfortunately, that is a deep-ass drive, and I moved down to Fife, and I was worried that there would no- be no good barbers in Fife. I was just worried. Come to find there is this dope spot called the Barber's Lounge. Super cool inside. Everything is matching. They got like camo uh, aprons or whatever you wear when you get your hair cut. Like wood grain walls. Like all matching everything. Super, super clean. Um, The dude was swaggy that cut my hair and he did a great job. Um, It was good atmosphere and I loved it. And I'm super pumped about it because it's right down the street from my house. Actually, a, a dude that I went to high school with who is two years younger than me, actually owns the place, I guess, which is really cool to hear too. Um, I don't really know him personally, but know of him. But the point of this whole entire haircut rant is atmosphere is everything, right? Like if you are in an atmosphere that is going to allow you to work, allow you to produce, allow you to chill out, like going to the barber is meditation for me. It allows me time to just talk to somebody. I can't check my phone. I'm sitting down. I'm relaxing. He reclined me back, shaved my face. Like there's nothing better than that, right? And that's how I feel about my office, It's my space, my chair, my special desk. Shout out to David who built this for me. It's everything that I love. And and Shannon actually set this place up just like she did the last one. So she decorated it for me. It's a music theme because I love music. So I got my records on the walls. I got like an amp in the corner on a shelf, a guitar on the wall. I got some new paintings that we got um, with records and old musicians on it. The point is is this place hypes me up. So when I wake up in the morning and I go to this place, there's something about it that just fires me up. It allows me to get into my zone. And that's why this is a special episode because I've already gone three minutes just talking about this and I feel like I am in my zone already. And and what I would encourage you guys to do is create your own atmospheres. If you work in a place that's a shitty atmosphere, you should get a new job. If you train in a place that's a shitty atmosphere, you should get a new gym. If your office is a shitty atmosphere, you should put some cool shit in it and make you excited to work. I don't know. Like uh, I'm looking at my desk right now. I got a coffee mug that says get shit done on it. I got a photo of me and like 15 dudes that I love and respect who I went to Warrior with all in black and white tuxedos just looking like badasses. I got a porcelain elephant from India from a client. 
Karen. Shout out to Karen. Super. This hasn't left my desk. I have two. I don't even know what they're called. They're like these little like they're like again porcelain balls with pandas on it that you that that you use for stress that you or something like that that you roll in your hands in this like ancient looking antique Chinese box from China from a client who went to China. Shout out to Sharda. I got a wallet that says "Bad Motherfucker" on it. I got like my little stack of books and journals. Like I got everything I need that makes me excited, makes me fired up, and keeps me going. Okay, so the purpose of this is simple. Your atmosphere is everything. Your environment is everything. Change your environment, change your atmosphere, and you will change your results. That I can promise you. Right, let's get right into this motherfucking Q&A. I'm excited to do this, guys. Um, the first question is a question who I do not know who it came from, but it's a question I got the other day. I was having a conversation with someone. I, I'm almost 100% positive it was one of the clients I just recently set up um, on a new uh, coaching plan, a new nutrition plan this week. And when we were on the consultation call, um, she said, what is flexible dieting? And she said it in a way that made me want to bring it up on the podcast because it wasn't from a sense of like your grandmother who has never heard of a diet plan asking you like if if my Nandy who is – Nandy is my grandma for anybody who doesn't know what the hell a Nandy is, which is 95% of you guys – actually 99.9% of you guys. I think it's a Canadian thing or something. But um, – and my mom's going to listen to this and email me and be like, well, it's blah, 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 blah and give me the history behind it. Or she's going to tell me she doesn't even know what the hell – or why the hell her name's Nandy. But the point is her name's Nandy. So if I told Nandy, oh, I flexible diet, she would be confused as hell. But this lady knew what flexible dieting was. So it was more along the lines of what is it supposed to be? What actually is flexible dieting? What is like the philosophy behind true flexible dieting from a sense of it actually working properly? And uh, I think the answer is really skewed now that if it fits your macros is out in the mainstream and it has been in the mainstream for a while because if it fits your macros – implies that you can eat whatever the hell you want as long as it fits your macros and you will see results. But the truth of the matter is is that is not true. Um, I know people, um, very close people who have gotten absolutely shredded on that approach. Eat whatever the hell you want as long as your calories and macros are in check, you're golden. Obviously, they train hard, so on and so forth. But uh, the thing I notice with them is a couple things. One, it takes a meticulous and almost anal approach of, of macro tracking to get to that level because everything has to be so unbelievably specific to those numbers. Where, whereas if you are a little bit more about quote unquote clean eating and you feel you can still track macros, obviously I, I recommend that to 95% of my clients, but I'm more like 75%. But if you track macros and you make sure that 75% of those macros are incorporating more whole foods or they 75% of your macros are coming from whole foods, fruits, veggies, plants, meat, stuff like that, you are going to have an easier time giving yourself more wiggle room, meaning you do not have to be so rigid about hitting those exact numbers and you will still get the result that you are looking for simply because you can have more freedom, more wiggle room, more flexibility when you're doing that, with, with when you take the approach of IIFYM and you eat shit as long as you hit your macros, you have to be so dead on those macros. On top of that, I believe that people have a different look. I think that like a true aesthetic physique also has a health component to it. 
They have vibrant skin, tan skin. They have um, not necessarily tan, but they have good color to their skin. They have good color to their hair. Their nails aren't brittle. They have a lot of key components that are only going to happen if you make sure that you're eating really clean foods. That's not going to happen if you are filling your diet up with bullshit all the time. Um, Another thing. Those results of getting shredded based off an IIFYM approach will not last very long. I'm a firm believer that if you don't prioritize micronutrients like your vitamins and your minerals and you're getting your good quality sources of protein, fats, and carbs, I do believe that your hormones are going to slowly tank. And when they slowly tank, they're going to get to a point where you are going to start to see suffer and you're going to start to see bad body composition results. Um, Another thing I truly believe, and I've heard many other people, me and Jason Phillips had a conversation about this off air, where I believe that if you fill up your macros with really good whole foods, I believe that your macros and your calories can actually be higher while still seeing results. I think that you can burn more body fat and lose more weight and see better aesthetic results on more calories if you are consuming whole foods for 90% of those calories. So with all that being said, I think that the IIFYM approach got carried out of hand. And I think what real flexible dieting is, back to what the question actually is, I believe that real flexible dieting is just simply a budget system. And this is what I teach my clients. I teach them about this budget system and about macro planning. Basically, you have a budget. And if I told you your budget for 2018 was $200,000, you had $200,000 to work with. I doubt that on January 1st, you would go buy a Bentley because remember, Bentleys are like $100,000 to $150,000. In fact, I'm going to Google this because I literally think they might be actually more and I might have used a bad example. Um, But Bentleys, they range, holy shit, $180,000. Those are fucking expensive. $240,000 for some of these. Okay, Bentley's a bad idea, but... You get the point. If I gave you $200,000 to work with in 2018 and you spent $150,000 on January 1st and left yourself $50,000 for the rest of the year, you are screwing yourself because rent's going to be in there. Your car payment's going to be in there or you just bought a car, so not that. Food, gas, all that shit. You get the point. The point is is you blew all your money right off the get-go. You ruined your budget. So if we look at calories and macros like a budget system, every single day we have a fresh slate of our budget and we have to spend that budget wisely. And if we spend it wisely, we will hit our budget on the dot. And if we hit our budget on the dot, we will see better results, period. That's all flexible dieting is. So yes, you should be able to fit in some some crap here and there. I shouldn't be saying that as a nutrition coach on a mic, but the truth is you can't, right? So for me, like I love ketchup. I'm going to have ketchup every damn day, but that fills up a, a small fraction, like one hundredth of my diet because I have a couple tablespoons a day. Big fucking deal. The rest of my day is sweet potatoes and oats and oat bran and organic grass-fed beef, organic chicken, whole eggs, things like that, right? That's flexible dieting. Flexible dieting is an 80-20 or 90-10 approach. 80 to 90% of your diet being whole foods, fruits, veggies, roots, um, brown rice, white rice, oats, healthy, good dairy, organic meats, all these different things. 80 to 90% of your diet needs to be like that. 10 to 20% can be whatever the hell you want. Um, So I just wanted to clarify that because I think a lot of people are confused with flexible dieting because of the IIFYM crowd and I wanted you guys to hear like my opinion. My opinion is that flexible dieting is personally I think the best 
probably the best diet out there. And I wouldn't even call it a diet. I think it's more of a lifestyle nutrition plan because it allows you the freedom to fit things in. It allows you the freedom to be social. It allows you the freedom to have some drinks here and there. And it allows you the freedom to choose your own ingredients instead of following a rigid, strict meal plan. All right. So the next question we got is from Andrew Joseph, the man with two first names. Advice on transitioning from a nine to five to a career in health and fitness. Man, um, this one's tough because I think it depends on the person. And you guys know I say depends all the time. But at the end of the day, I think I think the best advice is to make sure that you have a, a solid exit plan before you exit, right? As I, I don't suggest anybody just make that massive quick shift. Um, I think it's more important to... Make sure that you have a presence. Do you have a presence online? Are you writing a blog? Are you training a couple people in person? Like, you know, like most people start training as like a hobby or as a part-time gig, as a side hustle. So I would recommend anybody who's going to transition to first and foremost start from that side hustle, right? Start from an approach of like I'm training a couple people in my garage. I'm training a couple of my friends when I go work out. Right, use some test dummies, write some blogs, get some presence on your Instagram, let people know on Facebook and Instagram what you do is training. Like, yeah, you are a computer tech at so on and so forth, but what you post about every day is training because that's what you love to do. Right? So let it be known because then when you do make that transition, you can make an announcement like, hey, I'm going full time into this fitness thing, looking for some clients. Offering an exclusive rate, so on and so forth. Do whatever you need to do. Reach out to people, but then they at least know like it's not some random thing like, what the hell? You're a computer tech. Why are you jumping into fitness? I can't trust you to give me results. No, they've seen you posting stuff. They see you put information out. They see you helping people for free. They see you training some people on the side for your side hustle. So they trust that they can help, that you can help them. Um, that's my first big uh, advice. But let's say you're already doing that and you're trying to make the transition. My advice would be simple. Make sure that you're financially secure. Save money like a mofo and make sure that you're okay not getting that paycheck from the nine to five, period. And I can relate to that because when I made the move to completely online, I had to give up a paycheck. Now, granted, I was already making money in both places, um, but the point is, is I had to give up a check. Right, And I had a baby coming on the way when I did that. But I knew I had to follow my heart and I had to follow my gut. My gut was telling me that I needed to go all in on my own thing. I needed to go all in on my business because it's what I love more than anything. And I knew that it would give me the freedom and the time that I needed in order to be the family man I wanted to be. To be there for my fiance. To be there for my baby. So I made that move. So what you can take away from that is this the move that you really need to make. Listen to your heart, man. Listen to your gut. If your gut is telling you you need to do this, you need to step away from that 95, then I think there's no questions asked. You just need to make sure you're in a financial situation that you can take that big leap. But I can promise you that that big leap is going to be the best thing you ever did because it's the most fulfilling thing you ever did. And you'll have a sense of hustle that allows you to grind like you've never grinded before. And this is coming from somebody who, who has done this and has lived this and can tell you that I love my work so fucking much. I put everything I have into the content I produce into every single one of my clients, no matter what. And it's because I love what I do and it's because I put everything into it. But it's because I trusted my gut. So more important than any of this, you got to trust your gut and make that big leap. 
set yourself up financially to make sure that you're secure enough to make that leap and then just make the leap. Just jump and just go all in on it and put yourself out there. There's too much technology and freedom. Like I was listening to Joe Rogan podcast and I was cracking up because he was talking about how crazy it is that 15 years ago, if you told him that he would be recording on a microphone with another person and it was streaming live on YouTube and people in India and China were watching it at the moment, he would just look at you like you're insane. But the truth is, is we have that power now. I'm talking on a mic, I'm saving it to my computer, and I'm letting people around the world listening to it on something called iTunes. That's crazy. Same thing with Facebook. I can instantly share something with everybody. So my message to you, man, is save so you're financially ready. Trust your gut in what you need to do. Make the big leap and constantly put yourself out there. We all have access to free marketing every single day and not enough people are using it. I hope that explains the question. I was getting fired up there because it was so so personal, man. It was so personal. All right. Uh, sorry if I pronounced this wrong, but you're, the next question is Anna. No, I know how to pronounce Anna. Muick with a tilde over the C. I don't know why the tilde over the C. Is that a silent C? Is that a, uh, do you pronounce it like a S instead of a K? Or is it Muick or is it Muis? I, I really don't know, but you can help me out with that, Anna. So Anna Muick, that's what I'm gonna go with. How to go from skinny fat to fit? Extremely loaded question. Uh, first and foremost, stop dieting and stop doing cardio. Start building muscle. That's going to be like the simplest answer because uh, at the end of the day, most people who are skinny fat are people who are, have never really been obese, but they don't have a lot of muscle on them. That's why they look and are called skinny fat. And what they tend to do is they tend to go into a diet and they tend to do cardio. And what that causes is more weight loss and essentially zero muscle gain. But they don't need to lose weight. They need to build muscle. They need to do a body recomposition. These are some of the only people that can truly see a body recomp. And a body recomp means losing fat and building muscle simultaneously. The only people who can really do this are newbies in training, which are people who have never really stepped in the gym before or have only been in the gym for a year or less, which usually a lot of times are skinny fat, or people who are just naturally skinny fat and they've been doing it wrong. I've had a lot of people come to me who are skinny fat who are just doing cardio and they are dieting hard, right? They're eating low calories. Um, They might be eating enough protein, but their fats and, and carbs are through the floor, so their hormones are kind of shit and not optimized. Their thyroid's slow, metabolism's slow, testosterone's low. Um, if they're a female, maybe not testosterone, but cortisol's through the roof. All these signals that their hormone, their body is hormonally sending to not build muscle and not really burn fat in the places we want to build, burn them. Um, and what we do is we strictly target building muscle. Um, so my best recommendation for anybody who is skinny fat is to seriously target building muscle and do not undereat. You do not need to be in a deficit. You need to be at least at maintenance, if not in a small surplus. And you need to like go all in on building muscle. Um, either an upper lower split or a full body split, but you're training four to five days a week and you're trying to build muscle, plain and simple, right? Do the heavy compound lifts and then do a lot of bodybuilding style accessory work and just focus on building muscle. Whether you're a female or a male, that is going to be the biggest key. Now, your diet should probably be pretty basic. I typically like to see somebody in like a 40, 30, 30 split in that case where you're like 40% carbs, 30% protein, 30% fat, um, maybe even like a 50, 30, 20, so like 50 carb, 30 protein, 20 fat, um, or even a, if you're a, if you were previously fat 
and overweight and then you became skinny fat because you harshly dieted, I would probably switch it up and go with like a 40-30-30 split. 40% protein, 30% carbs, 30% fat. Um, but I do think that anybody in the situation should have 30% or more carbs because I do see them contribute to metabolism and thyroid um, health a little bit more. And I also see them contribute to performance and muscle a little bit more. Therefore, I want a little bit more of your, your calories coming from carbs to make sure that you're actually contributing to building muscle. Uh, but plain and simple, I think the biggest key here is, is just simply build muscle. Like anybody who's skinny fat should be focusing on, on building muscle and not burning fat. I promise you, even if fat loss is your overall goal and you don't want to be super big, um, especially because you're a female who asks this question, you're never going to be super big unless you inject testosterone directly into you. So what I would suggest is just trying to build muscle. You're not going to get bulky. You're going to probably get leaner and you're going to look more defined. All right. Just take a drink of my water real quick. I'm getting parched, guys. Cottonmouth. Ian Dickinson. Haven't had a question from you in a little while, bro. How to tighten up loose skin from weight loss. This is a really, really good one. So there's a lot of... uh, The best thing you can possibly do is you're going to go to the store and buy this burn butter lotion and you're going to rub this lotion on your skin. It's going to burn and you're going to notice that you're going to start losing more weight and fat in that area. Okay, I'm completely joking. I don't know if it's called burn butter, but there is some fucking lotion out there that's being hyped and I hate it to death and I had to throw that out there. So do not fall into the lotion. Do not, do not, do not. Now, I will say putting coconut oil on your skin or cocoa butter on your skin might be a good idea. I know Shannon has been religious about that since she's been pregnant, and I do think it's helping. She's not getting any stretch marks, and there is some science to prove that coconut nutrients might actually help. There's some vitamins and minerals that if you rub on your skin, it'll help, but it's like splitting hairs. It's not going to help too much. Um, I guess that's more stretch marks than it is loose skin, but I think um, there's a few things you can do. One is going to be build muscle. Like Plain and simple, if you can build muscle – you're probably going to notice that you're going to fill out that skin a little bit more. Now, obviously, if you have skin on your low belly, you can't build your ab muscles up to a point where they're going to create like that that illusion, right? But at the end of the day, too, like we got to remember our skin is wrapped around our whole body. So when your shoulders get a little bit broader, your back gets a little bit bigger, um, you will tighten up the skin around your whole body and that will relieve some of the loose skin on your stomach as well. Um, And this goes for women too. Like for men, men obviously like really try to build some muscle because if you can make your shoulders, your back, your chest, your arms, all these places bigger, your overall skin is going to tighten up no matter what. Women, same thing. Just target the areas you want to target. But building muscle is going to be good. The other reason building muscle is going to be smart is not because it's going to grow so much that your skin tightens around it but the hormonal response from it we got to remember that when we build muscle we have a faster metabolism we have a better thyroid we have better adrenal glands our cortisol will go down unless your diet and sleep is shit um so all these different things happen from the hormonal response to training it's a good hormonal response and that alone is healthier and it can contribute to healthier skin healthier hair healthier nails healthier digestion healthier everything um and that's going to contribute to some tightness of the skin. Um, The other thing is going to be eating enough protein. Eating enough protein is going to be a big one because there's just been research that shows that it can help with it. Um, Higher protein diet or I'm sorry, lower protein diets are associated with poor skin health um, compared to a high protein diet, which helps reduce wrinkles, dryness, uh, skin atrophy, so on and so forth. Um, So those things can all help. So at the end of the day, like protein can help in general. Um, so just focus on eating good protein sources and enough protein sources, mainly ones that are high in leucine and, and the other amino acids. Um, definitely eat 
colors, lots of dark greens, lots of vegetables, lots of fruits. Um, the main thing there is just micros, right? Like I always tell people, if that's your goal, if your goal is to tighten up loose skin, you still want to focus on your macronutrients because they will help change your body composition. But when we look at tightening loose skin or healing skin, period, we want to look at nutrients specifically. Um, so this is where we are targeting vitamin A, K, E, so on and so forth, minerals like calcium, magnesium, zinc, all these different things. And the best way to do that is get tons of fruits and veggies and whole foods within your diet because those are the things that are going to contribute to better health and that better health is going to help heal your skin. Um, your skin wants those vitamins and minerals to replenish and rebuild essentially. Um, I would also consider supplementation. So um, there's certain supplements that'll help. Uh, beef gelatin is a good one, um, and I mean, or collagen in general, uh, bone broth, uh, all those different things. Those are going to be huge. So I would suggest for the people who want to tighten their loose skin, I would I would suggest bone broth and or uh, gelatin and or collagen or a combination of all three every single day. Um, Beef collagen, marine collagen, chicken collagen, uh, beef gelatin, all these different gelatins, um, bone broth, and, and again, chicken broth, uh, chicken bone broth, beef bone broth, doesn't matter. All of these different things contain collagens that are going to help heal your joints, heal your skin. Uh, they're going to help uh, produce the gelatin, like I said, that helps improve skin elasticity, all these different things. But regardless, like that is probably going to be your number one supplement um, regime. And, and again, like they're all kind of in the same category, right? Because bone broth has some gelatin and, and collagen in it, I believe. Um, and same goes with the other two. But I would definitely recommend doing those daily. Like that's going to be a game changer. Um, I would also recommend fish oil. Like I know that's – I mean at the end of the day, fish oil is going to help everything. Again, it helps your skin. helps your joints. helps uh, insulin sensitivity. helps general health. helps fat loss. helps build muscle. It helps all these things that are going to help contribute to it. So it's not one direct thing like fish oil helps loose skin. But fish oil does help so many different things that do contribute, um, whether it's directly or indirectly, to helping tighten that skin. Uh, but there has been some studies that show that it does help improve that skin elasticity again. I would recommend two to three grams of combined EPA and DHA. My go-to source is Now Foods. I know they're tested. I know they're legit. I know it's from organic sources. Um, and they also have one called Ultra Omega. So you can get by with taking way less fish oil pills and still get that two to three grams of combined EPA DHA, um, which is which is huge. And sometimes it takes eight to ten pills from some brands. So I definitely recommend theirs, the Ultra Omega um, by Now Foods because that one will actually help you not have to take so many damn pills. Um, let's see, what else can you do? Um, I know smoking is bad. So if you're a smoker, stop smoking. Uh, that's a big one. Um, I think that's about it, honestly. Like other than just trying to build muscle and just hormonally be in a better place, sleep better, get those nutrients in, um, in the bone broth, like that's probably going to be your best ways to, uh, improve loose skin. Ian had a second question. If you get the time for it with all the others, as an online trainer, how do you, how do you do assessments with new clients? So this is pretty simple, and a lot of my clients listen to this podcast, so they'll know. Um, my I do two different types of assessments. So um, nutrition assessment starts with my fitness pal. So nobody can work with me on a nutrition level if they do not track in my fitness pal for at least three, but ideally five to seven days. And the reason being is because I want to see your eating habits. I want to see how many meals a day you eat. I want to see your food choices. I want to see how often you eat out. Um, I want to see where your calories are at on a normal basis, like what you've been doing. I want to see where your macros are at. And then it gives me a, a starting point, right? Like I can't get you to where you want to be if I don't know where you're at right now. So that's my nutritional assessment. Very, very simple. They just track. I do the rest. For a movement standpoint, which is probably what he was referring to, 
I literally break down FMS in a much more simple form. So I don't do the FMS strictly, but I have them film even in their living room an overhead squat, even if it's a broomstick or or a towel in their hand that they're tightening over the head. They do an overhead squat. They're going to do some kind of lunge or split squat so I can see their single leg movement. They're going to do a straight leg raise so I can see their one hamstring flexibility, um, psoas, hip flexor, all those different things. I'm going to look at, um, let's see, we do... What else do I have them do a plank hold, and that's mainly for stability purposes. I look at their anterior pelvic tilt or posterior pelvic tilt for that matter. Um, Obviously, the stability component of how long they can hold a plank. I look at a TRX row, which isn't super important, but it does show me their form regarding like scapular movement. Um, I typically like to see a wall slide or some forth. And then after seeing all this stuff, I've already kind of witnessed ankle mobility, hip mobility, thoracic mobility, shoulder mobility. I I look at their stability um, and their core. Uh, I look at their hip structure. I kind of see their strength abilities. So it's really, really simple, but overhead squat, split squat, push up, TRX row, some kind of plank, um, and ideally a wall slide. If I can do those things, and you can do all those in your home, um, minus the TRX row, um, and if they can't do the row, I'm I'm really not too worried about it. It's golden. I have more than enough information off that to, to get them going. Martin Foster asked, you mentioned putting together your own home gym in your garage to prepare for life as a dad. As a dad of two kids under two, I can relate to making that adjustment and have built up my own home gym over the years. What specific pieces of equipment are you targeting and or do you think you are must-haves, assuming you have the space in a home gym? Um, I'm just going to break down what I'm doing right now. I have shit coming in the mail as we speak. So, so far I bought um, some adjustable Bowflex. I think they're the 560s. They go from five to 60 pounds. I almost went with the power blocks because the power blocks go up to 70 pounds and they're super durable and they're super recommended. Like they're highly rated. The issue with power blocks is that you got to put your hand inside of this like sphere dumbbell, which I just don't like. I just, I think it's weird. Um, The Bowflex ones look just like dumbbells and they were also rated like the top 10 uh, for actually 2018 so they just did this this month on like the top 10 adjustable dumbbells on some website who knows it could have been some scammy blogger but i I read it and i read his pros and cons and i I just felt that they were better so i went with the the bowflex adjustable dumbbells i think that's a must um, because i can do rows i can do presses i can do goblet squats i can do lunges i can do deadlifts i can do so many things with dumbbells whether i use one or two i think that's crucial Um, i just ordered a jungle gym xt i didn't want to go with the trx because i like that the jungle gym xt is split at the top it's not attached together and it allows it to be easier to do fallouts and push-ups and different things like that inside of it so i think those two are like if i had to do two just two i would say the adjustable dumbbells and some kind of trx or jungle gym xt suspension i think that's crucial um i also ordered a bench an adjustable bench so i can do incline decline all that stuff um i ordered a a whole bunch of bands so i got like every resistance of bands i bought a a nice crossfit style uh jump rope because I need some kind of metabolic work, whether I'm doing long pace jump ropes or I'm doing double unders and it's cranking my heart rate up. I needed something that I can use for a metabolic factor in there because you can't fit a sled inside of a garage gym. Um, So, and I'm not going to spend, I didn't feel like spending a G on freaking an assault bike or a rower, although I am looking on Craigslist for a rower. So if anybody's listening to this and they want to get rid of the rower, that I would invest some money in. Hit me up because I do want a rower and that's probably going to be my next big purchase for the garage because I can fold that up against the wall. Um, so I got the bands, I got that. Um, I'm, I have parallettes coming, uh, right now that are actually pretty high. They're like 
just above waist height. So I can do dips on them. I can do L sits. I can do core work. I can put my feet up on this shelving unit we have and actually do push-ups on them as well. Um, so I like the parallettes. I think those are great. Um, I'm buying a, a pull-up bar. I'm going to mount a pull-up bar to the wall. If you can mount something, I would suggest that because that's a really helpful thing. I can do toes to bar. I can do pull-ups. I can do hollow hang holds. I can do so many things on that. I can hang rings from it. I can hang TRXs from it. Um, so that's going to be a good one. Um, I'm going to eventually order some kettlebells. I'll probably order some like 26-pounders, 35-pounders, 45-pounders, 50, and then maybe up to 60. But I want to get a good gang of kettlebells. Um, and for me, I'm trying to think of what Shannon can use too after the baby's here and when she wants to get back into it. Um, and then last but not least, I am going to order a treadmill and I'm not ordering a treadmill to work out on. I'm ordering a treadmill to walk on because I take a lot of consultation calls, whether it's with current clients or we're doing uh, new brand new clients. When a client signs up with me, they get the phone call and we, we sit down and we talk about where they're at, where they want to be and how I'm going to help get them there. And I like walking. I'll pace my house. I'll go on a walk around the neighborhood, but in Washington, it rains so much. So when we were at the apartment, I would go walk on the treadmill and just talk on the phone. Um, so now that we're in the home, in a house, I'm going to get a treadmill in the garage just so I can walk and talk to people. Uh, but I would say like if, if you're like out of all those things, I'm getting the, the nice little setup. Um, but And I don't have room for a barbell and all that shit. But I would say like if I had to say five things that you need in order to have a good solid gym, I would say adjustable dumbbells for sure. I would say the Jungle Gym XT. Or TRX Row, one of those two. I would suggest bands. You got to get a bunch of bands because there's so much you can do with that. Um, I would recommend some kind of metal ball tool. So I would either, if you love kettlebells, I would go all in on kettlebells because you can do swings. You can do a lot of stuff with that. Or I would just keep it simple and do all of your, your movements with a dumbbell and then buy a jump rope for 10 to 20 bucks and learn how to do double unders and learn how to do speed work with a jump rope, which can be super taxing and, and really good metabolically. Um, and then last but not least, I would buy a bench if you can. I think a bench would be clutch because Bulgarian split squats, step ups, bench press, incline press, military press, uh, box squats. You can do so much stuff with a bench. I would highly recommend that. So that'd be my top five. All right, next there's some good questions, guys. James Cross. Dude, I, I'm still pronouncing this, and I know me and Theo talked about this on the podcast before. I think it's Kraus, but I'm sorry if I'm pronouncing that wrong. James Kraus, if you are tracking macros and you feel full but haven't reached your numbers, what should you do and what shouldn't you do? I actually just got an email from a client saying they were struggling to hit their protein goal, which is very, very common. Um Actually, no, I'm sorry. She was struggling to hit, which that is common. She was struggling to hit her calorie goal because right now we're reverse dieting her. Um, she might be listening to this, which I have at least five clients in this exact same situation right now that are under eating and that's why they weren't seeing results. Their body was too stressed. Um, when we talk about that stress and adaptation phase, right? Like you stress the body to elicit change, but you need to allow adaptation to actually see those changes through, which adaptation is recovery. And we see a lot of people really pushing the stress, 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 and they're not giving their body enough time for the adaptation phase. Um, and so she was kind of in that loop, right? She was under eating and not letting her body recover. So we're upping her calories and she asked the same question like, hey, I'm not, it, it's really hard for me to hit these calories because she's so used to eat under eating and eating these little calories. At what point should I consume those calories and what point should I just eat till I'm full? Because I hear a lot of people say that you should just eat until you're full naturally. And I agree in some scenarios. So 
This is how I'm going to answer your question as well. You should, sounds horrible, but stuff your face and just get it done if you need those calories. So in her situation, I said, hey, like, let's figure out a way to adjust your meal plan to make it less filling and overfilling and, and make you feel like super stuffed because it is crucial for you to hit these calories because we know that your hormones are not healthy right now. And we know you haven't been getting the results you want to get, not only from a fat loss perspective, but from a, a feeling and performance perspective for a long time. And the reason for that is under eating. So in your case, I'm going to encourage you to keep pushing it until you hit those numbers. So if you feel full, I would look at your diet and be like, okay, how can I incorporate more calorie dense foods to hit my goals? So if I'm eating, for instance, rice, and I'm having trouble hitting my calories, I'm probably going to have a sweet potato instead because a sweet potato is actually pretty high carb. Like for one solid sweet potato, I could eat – for one big sweet potato, it would – I could easily eat two cups of rice and it would be the same amount of carbs, right? So you got to make those switches for more dense calorie sources. Same thing with fats. Like, okay, if you're under eating on fat, just cook an oil. It's simple. Add fish oil. If you're doing egg whites, add a whole egg. Like simple, simple things like that. Eat some avocado on the side. Really, really easy to add calories. So if you're somebody who's under eating and needs those calories, depending on where you're at, I would suggest doing it. Like if it's a hormonal thing or like if you – if you're under eating and you need to hit those calories in order to see the result and your coach is telling you to eat those, I would suggest doing whatever you can to hit those numbers. If you are somebody who doesn't have an issue with under eating, you never under eat, but you're just not that hungry, I don't think you should overeat. I think that you should give yourself the day to have a deficit. I think you should give yourself the day to eat a little bit less because that's what your body's telling you you need. Um, and if you don't have any hormonal um, issues going on beforehand that are signaling us to say like you need to eat more calories there's no reason for you to overfeed right you should just let your body do what it's needed needs to do and, and let your body take the day off um what you shouldn't do i guess that's that's what i would say if, if you're not a person who is hormonally in, in an issue or hormonally suffering then i don't think you should overeat that's the only time i would say that's what you shouldn't do um, but if you are somebody who's under eating and you have some hormonal shit going on or you're not seeing results and it could possibly be because you're under eating, then I would highly suggest that you don't listen to your body and not eat because a lot of times your metabolism isn't fast enough to keep your hunger alive. So I think it really, really depends on the individual and where, where they're at. Christina Fundme asks, alternative, Alternative cardio, what to do when you are bored of the standard treadmill, rower, cross trainer, and ETC? Um, I would suggest not worrying about cardio. To be honest with you, I, I prefer people getting cardio through daily steps. I prefer people getting cardio through walking um, and reading while they do it, listening to a podcast, uh, listening to an, uh, an audio book. Um, I would rather people lose body fat and build muscle and get their results straight through resistance, strength training, and nutrition. Um, I don't like doing a ton of cardio. So what I would suggest is probably lower your cardio. If you're doing so much cardio that you're getting bored, I would suggest looking at your approach, looking at your diet, and looking at your training to optimize those two things in order to not have to do any cardio or just not do as much. Now, if you're just doing a little bit of cardio as a finisher, I would just rotate them. Don't do treadmill every day for two weeks. Instead, do rower one day, do kettlebell swings one day, do um, a skierge, do a prowler, do a sled pull, do uh, shit sprints, do all these different things uh, and alternate them throughout the weeks so you don't get bored of one of them. Change the intervals, change things up. But for the main point like I want to make is you should be strength training and following a, a sound nutrition plan built for you. That's what should be getting your results. All right, last question from Gail Nah. 
Any food suggestions that promote joint health? I only know of bone broth at the moment. Thanks. Um, yeah, I mean the biggest one is going to be whole foods. Like when you consume a lot of processed foods or processed sugar, your joints are going to be inflamed, plain and simple. So I would I would suggest cutting those out before doing anything else because you can eat all the fish oil and grass-fed butter and things that I'm going to explain right now that promote good joint health. But if you're consuming a ton of processed sugar and a ton of processed artificial stuff, it's not going to help. Right, You can't battle two bads with one right. So what I would suggest is removing the processed sugar, remove the processed food, remove the artificial stuff, and then start focusing on grass-fed butter, start focusing on fish oil and getting that two to three grams of combined EPA, DHA. Uh, focus on all grass-fed meats. Focus on um, getting really healthy fats. That's going to be a really, really big one. Um, but the biggest thing is going to be like obviously you're doing collagen, you're doing bone broth. Those are great for you. The biggest thing though is going to be removing those processed sugars and then just adding a little bit extra of the other things, the whole foods. Um, omega-3s are going to be really, really good. So fish oils and stuff like that. Anything with collagen, healthy protein sources, so on and so forth. All right, guys, that's a wrap today. That is the last question. I appreciate you guys all for listening, and I will catch you next time. Before I sign off, I got a couple things to shout out to you guys. First, I just appreciate you guys for being here. I appreciate you for listening, and I appreciate you for subscribing. But if you are not subscribed yet, I would appreciate you even more if you were. So please hit the subscribe button and for everybody else, please leave me a five-star rating and review. When you guys leave me a five-star rating and review, I rise higher and higher in iTunes. I get more downloads. I get more subscribers. And that is what allows me to build this movement that I am trying to build. So the more feedback I get, the more five-star ratings you can give me, the more I can invest into this podcast, which is really just a free resource for you to get better educated on fitness, nutrition, entrepreneurship, and lifestyle. And all I want to do is create more and more impact through this podcast for free. So do me a favor and leave me a five-star rating and review. The next thing, more free content for you. I am getting ready to launch my YouTube full force. YouTube has never been a big platform for me. I have videos on there. I do post some things on there, but it's normally for my clients to see demonstrations of exercises, so on and so forth. I haven't fully committed to that, but I'm excited to announce that I have brought two people onto the Boom Boom Performance team. One is my assistant in administration. Um, really, really excited to have her on board. And the other one is going to be my media guy. So he is going to be taking care of a lot of my media roles um, in production of those. And as this grows, he will be doing more and more. But our first main project is bringing my content and Boom Boom Performance to YouTube. And what we're gonna be doing is a lot of different things. We're gonna be doing some training videos, we're gonna be doing some vlogs, we're gonna do some exercise demonstrations, coaching cues, but we're also gonna be bringing this podcast to YouTube, breaking it down question by question so you can watch a YouTube video every single day if you wanted to. So what I need you guys to do is do me a favor. One, if you're in the Facebook group, let me know if you were interested in this. Let me know if you want this YouTube thing to happen. Let me know if you would go subscribe and watch these YouTube videos. Um, and for everybody else listening to this who does subscribe to YouTube, YouTube channels, who is frequently watching YouTube videos, do me a favor. Go to my channel, Boom Boom Performance, and hit that subscribe button. When I see that number go up, it's going to give me um, just the answer I need to really invest time, energy, and money into doing YouTube for you guys to get more resources for free. So once again, I appreciate you guys for listening, and I will catch you next time.